0: The Apostle Paul. Was Paul a mere man? Well, yes and no. Yes, Paul was a man in the flesh, and no, Paul was also a prominent spiritual leader in God's plan for the ages. We're going to look at several passages about Paul and make a list from Scripture of God's purpose for Saul of Tarsus, the Apostle Paul. But first I want to say this. We do not worship Paul. We worship the risen, glorified Lord Jesus Christ, period. We do not worship Paul. In fact, we worship no man after the flesh, not even Jesus. Let me explain. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. We do not have a face-to-face relationship With the man Jesus Christ as Israel did during Jesus' earthly ministry, as recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have a spiritual relationship with the risen, glorified Lord Jesus Christ seated at the right hand of the Father. The revelation of this spiritual relationship that we have today came from the risen, glorified Jesus Christ to the Apostle Paul. So, who was Paul? Or originally Saul of Tarsus, Philippians chapter three verses five and six, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Saul was a Jew, a zealous Pharisee who prided himself on keeping the law of Moses and persecuting Jews that believed in Jesus Christ as the Messiah of Israel. These believers were called by Jesus His little flock. If you're not familiar with the little flock, then please watch my video named, What is the Church Age? Dispensation of Grace. Let's start building our list. Acts chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they be man or woman, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. Saul is threatening the disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, Peter, James, John, etc. He's headed to the synagogues in Damascus, looking for Jews that believe in Jesus as the Messiah of Israel. Again, little flock believers, not Christians. Acts chapter 9, verses 3 through 5. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Please consider what is happening here. The Lord Jesus Christ leaves the Father's right hand, comes back to earth, hovering above Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. How many people in the Bible were honored with a unique personal visitation from God? Not many. This special unprophesied visitation from the Lord puts Paul in the same category as Abraham and Moses. So, number one on our list is Christ Returned. Jesus returned specifically to encounter Saul, our Apostle Paul, on the road to Damascus. Why did Jesus return to seek out Saul? Jesus already had 12 disciples. Why does he need one more? Just in case you're wondering, that phrase, it's hard to kick against the pricks. Well, a prick is a cattle prod. It's a stick about eight feet long with a metal spike on the end. They would use it to poke the oxen to get them moving so they could plow the field or do whatever work needed to be done. Occasionally, you'd get a real stubborn ox that would actually kick back against the pricks and he would only hurt himself, stab himself, draw blood. So, Jesus is saying it's hard to kick against the pricks. It's hard for the Apostle Paul to fight the Lord Jesus Christ because you're a loser by definition. Okay, so let's move on. In Acts chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus instructs Saul as to what he should do. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and there it shall be told thee what thou must do. Continuing with verse 10 through 15, And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of one Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in, and putting his hands on him, that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man. How much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem! And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. The Lord Jesus Christ chose Paul to go to the Gentiles preaching grace. That is why Jesus needed another apostle to go to the Gentiles, as the twelve were all apostles to Israel. So number two on our list is Paul was a chosen vessel, chosen by Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 11, verse 13. For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify mine office. So Paul is an apostle to the Gentiles, Does he say he magnifies himself, that he's so special? No, he magnifies his office as the lone apostle to the Gentiles. Paul uses the definite article, the apostle to the Gentiles, in defining his role in God's plan of grace. Paul is the lone apostle to the Gentiles. He's not simply another apostle, but the apostle to the Gentiles. Let's look at a few more verses. Romans chapter 15, verse 16 that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Paul was chosen by Jesus to minister grace to the Gentiles and be their lone apostle. But what about Jesus? didn't Jesus minister to Gentiles? No, he did not. Paul gives the purpose of Jesus' ministry in Romans chapter 15, verse 8. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. The circumcision is Israel. Jesus was, in his earthly ministry, addressing the nation of Israel as their Messiah. Jesus later, in Acts chapter 9, chose Paul as the apostle to the Gentiles. Two different groups, Israel and the church. Two different ministries, Jesus and Paul. Did any of Jesus' disciples become apostles to the Gentiles? Mark chapter 16, verses 14 through 16. This is Jesus meeting with his disciples after his resurrection and before his ascension. Judas had already committed suicide. These passages are commonly called the Great Commission, but let's see if that is accurate. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. And the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Well, let's deconstruct this passage a little bit. A. The eleven, the eleven remaining disciples of Jesus Christ after Judas committed suicide. B, baptism. In this setting, water baptism is required for salvation. Jesus is telling his disciples to baptize those that believe. But Paul said, For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. 1 Corinthians 1.17 C. All the world, all the nations, Jews scattered among the nations, even as far as Rome, as Jews from Rome were present at the Feast of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. D. Matthew chapter 10 verses 5 and 6 These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter ye not but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Jesus previously instructed his disciples not to go to the Gentiles. Nowhere does he rescind that command. E. The traditional interpretation of Mark 16 and Matthew 28, again called the Great Commission, includes Gentiles. Well then, if that were so, the eleven would be apostles to the Gentiles and Israel, would they not? F. If that were true, then Jesus saving Paul on the road to Damascus would be unnecessary if Jesus already had eleven disciples going to the Gentiles. G. How could Paul call himself the apostle to the Gentiles if there were already eleven others? He could not. H. In Scripture, Paul is the lone apostle to the Gentiles. Jesus' disciples are disciples to the twelve tribes of Israel. So number three on our list is Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. Let's continue building our list with 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Paul writing to Timothy, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting life. Paul was the first to receive the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ in this present dispensation of grace. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1-4 Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Paul delivered the gospel of grace to the Corinthians, which he received from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul was the first to accept and believe the gospel of grace. Number four on our list, Paul, first in the body of Christ. All that believed prior to Paul were in the little flock. Okay, continuing with number five, Galatians chapter one, verses 11 and 12. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man for i neither received it of man neither was i taught it but by the revelation of jesus christ paul did not receive the gospel of grace from peter james or john but by direct revelation from the lord jesus christ after paul's damascus road experience with jesus romans chapter 16 verse 25 now to him that is of power, to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Romans chapter 2, verse 16, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. The gospel of grace was Paul's gospel, given him by Jesus Christ, upon which Jesus would create the one new man, the church, the body of Christ. So number five on our list is Paul, given the gospel of grace. Let's look at Romans chapter 15, verse 25 again. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 3 through 7. How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, and is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, and of the same body, and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Continuing with verses 8 and 9, Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the what? unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. From these verses we read that the mystery of grace was kept secret, hidden in God the Father from the beginning of the world. It was unknown to the Old Testament prophets of Israel. Let's contrast this with the ministry of Jesus recorded in the four Gospels. Frequently in Matthew and Mark, we see similar verses to the following. Matthew chapter 21, verse 4, All this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. Peter, speaking in Acts chapter 3, verse 19 through 21, Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. The hidden mystery program of grace must be entirely different from the things spoken by the Old Testament prophets. Otherwise, there'd be no reason to keep it a secret. So, why was God's program to save Gentiles by grace kept a secret until it was revealed to the Apostle Paul? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 7 and 8, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory for thousands of years Satan had the godless pagan Gentiles in his back pocket. The mystery program to save Gentiles by grace was kept secret from the powers of darkness. For had they known that God would save untold millions of Gentiles by simple grace through faith and the blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sin, then Satan and his minions would never have crucified Jesus. Number six, Paul was given the revelation of the mystery. Sadly, it's still a mystery in most people's minds. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 5-8 to And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve, after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, Then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. Number seven, Paul was the last person to see Jesus Christ. Colossians 1, verse 24 and 25, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. Which is the church whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of grace, which is given to me to you to fulfill the word of God? Paul fulfills the word of God. In other words, he completes the word of God. Paul is the last one to write scripture. Now, I realize that a lot of you think John wrote Revelation in 95 AD, and I talk about this in another video, but it makes no sense. Because John would have known that 25 years earlier, Titus destroyed the temple and ransacked Jerusalem. God's judgment was upon Israel, not the soon blessings of the kingdom. So I believe John wrote the Revelation and all the other books were written before Paul wrote his books. So number eight on our list, Paul is the last one to pen scripture. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Number nine, Paul was given our doctrine the Apostle Paul was given the doctrines of grace by Jesus Christ to give to the church, the body of Christ. But instead, the church follows bogus church traditions of men originating with the church of Rome beginning in the 4th century. These traditions attempt to harmonize law and grace, Israel and the church, faith and works, Jesus' disciples and Paul, the kingdom program and the grace program, things that Paul tells us to rightly divide. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. We must rightly divide God's mystery program of grace from the kingdom program for Israel, else you will continue in perpetual state of confusion, rendering yourself useless to God in this present program of grace. So let's do a quick review of our chart. Number one, Christ return, a special unprophesied visitation to Paul. Paul's a chosen vessel, chosen by God to go to the Gentiles. Three, Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles, the lone apostle to the Gentiles. Four, Paul is first in the body of Christ, first member of the church. Five, Paul's given the gospel for this present dispensation of grace. Six, given the revelation of the mystery revealed to Paul by Jesus Christ. Seven, Paul is the last to see Jesus Christ. Paul, not Jesse Duplantis. Eight, Paul is the last one to pen scripture. Paul wrote the last scripture, not John. Number nine, Paul was given our doctrines, the church doctrines of grace. And number 10, Christ sent Paul. Paul was sent to the Gentiles, not the 11. So let's complete number 10. Even though I just mentioned it, we haven't talked about it yet. Christ sent Paul. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. The next verse is the grand finale. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 37. If any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. The Apostle Paul is to us, the body of Christ, as Moses was to Israel. If you reject Paul's ministry, you are rejecting the grace of Jesus Christ delivered to Paul. Jesus delivered to Paul, by direct revelation, the doctrines of grace and the gospel of grace whereby the Lord is saving Gentiles. That is the program God is currently working on the earth. Israel's kingdom program under the law of Moses was temporarily postponed after the stoning of Stephen. Their program will resume after the rapture at the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. So, if you are not following and participating in God's program of grace given to Paul, then you are entirely out of step with God. If you are trying to live in the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, then you have missed God as that program is on hold. If you reject marginalize, or ignore Paul's writings, you have rejected, marginalized, and ignored the commandments the Lord gave to Paul for this present dispensation of grace. You are confused, and you have rendered yourself blind to God's truth. Satan is the author of confusion. Believers stay confused because they regard church tradition over the word of God. What did Jesus say about church tradition? And he said unto them, Full well ye reject the commandment of God that ye may keep your own traditions, making the word of God of none effect through your tradition which ye have delivered, and many such things like ye do. Mark 7 verses 9 and 13. Do you truly want to have an impact in your local community? That will never happen until you get fully aligned with the program of grace Jesus delivered to Paul. As long as you continue to mix and mingle, Law and Grace, Israel and the Church, Faith and Works, Jesus Disciples with Paul, the Kingdom Program with the Grace Program, you and your church will not grow and your impact will be marginal at best. God only blesses and empowers His will, His purposes. We may have great programs and the best of intentions, but if they don't align with God's plan of salvation by grace through Paul, then we're just playing church. Well, it's up to you, it's up to me. Are we going to continue with the status quo week after week after week? Or will we get in step with God's program so he can work through us to reach our communities with the gospel of grace? If we don't follow the doctrines Jesus gave to us via our Apostle Paul, we are not following Christ. The choice is ours. We can get on board with God's program of grace, or we can continue to keep playing church. As our Apostle Paul would say, I beseech you, brethren, be followers of me as I follow Christ. God bless.